Hello there, Dr. Alan Hedberg here with you again in the Psychology Report. You know, I live in a community and uh, next door and, and nearby another community in which um, in the past several weeks we have had over four suicides by adolescent kids. High schools have been rocked to the core because of these occurrences. And um, it does shake one up because it does spread and it does uh, generate uh, almost the idea that this is the way out of a problem and encourages other kids to do likewise. So there's kind of an uh, imitational effect when it comes to suicide. So I'd like to address that. It's caused me to do a little reading and a little thinking about this issue of suicide in adolescents and younger kids. So I'd like to kind of bring to you a little bit of um, the findings that I've come up with and uh, share them with you. I think it's important, especially if you're a parent and you have kids who are in the ages of uh, 10 to 18. Now, at the end of the program, I'm going to give you a little bit of information about SAT-7. Just want to introduce the idea that SAT-7 is a um, satellite television programming, Christian-based, to the children who live in the Middle East and North Africa. Now, there's about 125 million of them who are Arab-speaking. And uh, SAT-7 is a television programming that reaches to that population of kids, and especially those that are in the refugee camps. And in fact, what they do is beam in every day. Uh, schooling through means of television and kids are learning now that they've never learned before uh, just because the educational system within the uh, cities and countries in that area of the, of the world. Well, set seven, stay tuned and we'll pick it up here at the end. But right now what I'd like to do is just to bring to your attention this issue of uh, suicide among uh, kids. You know, the uh, Center of D Disease Control and Prevention is the governmental agency that tracks this kind of activity and these kind of behavior patterns. And uh, in 2014, you can see how far they're behind in their uh, statistics, but uh, in 2014, they concluded that um, more kids are likely to die from suicide than from traffic accidents. Interestingly, in, 2000, in, pardon me, in uh, 1999, in 2000, it was the other way around. Many, many more kids died from traffic accidents than suicide. So what we have now is a kind of a reversal, a social pattern, a cultural pattern that has seemed to take place over a 15-year period of time where suicide was not very high in, in 1999, but now it's one of the highest levels of uh, ways in which children and adolescents remove themselves from this earth and remove themselves from the problems that they face on a day-to-day -day basis. Now, the federal researchers who study this thing said that 425 children between the ages of 10 and 14 killed themselves in 2014. 425 children, can you imagine that? Just in one year, 2014. That's half of the murders that took place in the city of Chicago. And um, on the other hand, uh, 384 children died from traffic accidents. 
So there's quite a substantial difference between these two statistics. And uh, the crossover point uh, is that suicide has spiked. Suicide has gone up, but traffic accidents have gone down. And that's why this pattern, this trend has changed over these 15 years. For some reason, we are educating children and adults to drive carefully and to drive safely. So the death rate of children is going down in traffic accidents. So what we're doing there is good. But on the other hand, the death rate by suicide has spiked in these 15 years, has quadrupled. So we are not doing something in that area of prevention and health care and safety. So for some reason, we have addressed the issue of traffic accidents because it was pretty high at one point in time. Seat belts, making sure that people don't drive when they're drunk, you know, being careful, obeying the laws, police officers on the streets. I mean, there's a variety of ways in which we have addressed this issue of safe driving. And we have reduced the death rate, especially among children, from accidents. But on the other hand, we've ignored this issue of suicide. For some reason, we have just kind of skipped over it and forgotten about it, and um, perhaps we just let it take care of itself. Schools are not addressing it. Schools are not alert to it. Educators are not picking it up. Parents are not picking up the cues. They're not responding to it. Perhaps we're working too hard and working too many hours. We're not spending time with our kids. We're not looking for the signs. We're not there when the signs are shown. We're not paying attention. We're missing it somehow. All of us, we're missing it. And these kids are slipping through our fingers with depression and sadness and trauma and abuse and uh, failure and hurt that goes deep within them. And they carry it, and they carry it, and they don't have places to share it or to get rid of it or to dump it or to get perspective or to put it in place in their life. And they're choosing suicide as the way out. That's the sad part of it. And uh, interestingly, we're finding that this happens much more in boys than in girls. Uh, it doesn't surprise you too much, but the girls have gone up. The number of girls committing suicide has increased in number, considerably so. But still, we find that um, boys do this more often than girls, and even that's spiking. So... Don't sit back and say, well, I have daughters or I have girls and I don't have to be worried about that. No, that's not true. Girls are now showing an increase in this kind of activity. Now, as parents, we have to be very careful. And as teachers, we have to be very careful. We pay attention to the kids. We have to pay attention to the children that we are living with and responsible for and are within our homes. We should be looking for the cues and the signs of isolation and depression and uh, bad talk and down, down talk on themselves. See, we have in our culture placed a lot of emphasis on what we call self-esteem. We just think that if our child has self-esteem, they're going to be all right. They're going to succeed. They're going to be healthy. They're going to be productive. And they're going to be happy kids. All we have to do is just tell them they're good, tell them they're great, tell them they're wonderful, give them trophies whether they win or not, and just build that self-esteem. And um, you know what? We have found that that's not the answer. We have found that that's not the place to put the emphasis. While self-esteem is important, 
it's very important that kids think well of themselves. And in my counseling with adolescents and children, obviously, I look at that issue and I try to help a child put into perspective the issue of self-esteem, who they are, what they are, why they were born, what purpose they have in life, what is their future, and how can they be a contributing member to their family, to themselves, to their school, to their community, and to society. In other words, I want kids to have that sense that they're important, that they're here for a purpose, and that they can be a contributing member of our culture and our society, and we value them. That's self-esteem. But there's another factor that we've often overlooked, and this is the one that's critical. This is the one we've got to pay attention to. It's called social perception. Social perception in the child is just mainly mainly this. It's what a child thinks other people think of him or her. See, it's that social perception. It's what we think other people think of us. Now, that may be true. People may think that way of us. But it may be totally false. People don't think that way at all of us. But we get this kind of idea of what people think of us. And if we think that people think of us in a devalued kind of way, in a put-down manner, in a a derogatory way, then we're going to feel very worthless. We're going to feel very unimportant and unnecessary. And suicide becomes an option, becomes a way out. Because sometimes you can't change the way people think of you or believe in you or relate to you. So if you feel helpless about that, suicide becomes then the way out to consider. Now, social perception is just mainly getting into kind of context that it is important what people think of us. That's important, but it's not all important, you say. It's not the most important. Now, we can live in such a way that we can create an image that people will get a good image of us and will think well of us. Or we can behave and we can dress and we can look in a manner that creates a pattern where people don't look well upon us and don't think well of us and don't relate well to us. So we can create our own self-image as we dress, as we look, as we appear, as we behave, as we talk, whether we smile or not, whether we greet people or not, whether we interact or not, whether we socialize or not, and whether we walk in an upward way or not. You see, social perception is important. We can create our own social perception. But ultimately, you can't control it. Ultimately, people are going to think of us what they want to think of us. And we can't totally control that. But you know what you can do is just understand that that's not all important. Let people think what they want to think. But you go on living your life in the the best way that you can, in a way that creates a success and achievement and that you thrive and that you do well. And let other people have their own opinions, let them have their own thoughts, and let it go. But you go on in your own life being a positive person towards yourself. Yes, think of yourself in the upward positive way and place less emphasis upon what you think other people think of you. So that's social perception. So it's true. We have a problem. We have a social problem, we have a health problem, we have a personal problem. Kids in this age should be in therapy. If you get any sign whatsoever of concern, you get that kid in therapy. 
Find a social worker, find a marriage family counselor, find a psychologist, and get that kid talking to somebody so that at least one session, or maybe three or four or five sessions, at least to get perspective in this area of their life. Don't ignore it. Don't go beyond it, but make sure that kid's connected with somebody that they can talk with. That's your best answer. And But keep the eye on the cues. Keep the eye on the kid. Keep the eye on the behavior of the kid, the mood of the kid, the social behavior of the kid, the social withdrawal of the kid. Watch for those signs and act. Don't wait until it's a crisis point. Then that might even be too late, but you can still do something. Get it on a preventative basis. And if you think your kid just has a little bit of discontent or a little unrest or uncertainty in their life and unsureness, get that kid into therapy. Maybe two, three, four sessions would be all he's needed. But get that kid talking to somebody and do your part as a parent. Be proactive and go to the therapy with the kid and make sure that you spend time with that therapist yourself and the child. The way I do it is I see a kid and then I visit with the parent for about 15 minutes afterwards or before. Every session is like that because that kid belongs to a parent and you want that parent to be involved and, and uh, to understand what's going on and find out ways that they can help in the home and create a home environment that's more healthy and constructive. So take action, would you? This is important. Now, this has been the Psychology Report and as I indicated, there are 125 million Arab-speaking youth in the Middle East and North Africa. And they are largely ignored except by television, satellite television, through the auspices of SAT-7, S-A-T-7. And they have special programming just for kids. Kids in these refugee camps, they beam into those refugee camps by television, schooling, education, and then programs of personal development and programs of religious faith development. And um, it's a very fantastic organization. Headquarters in Cyprus. And uh, I recommend that you take a look at SAT-7 as a possible organization to follow. And you might want to send a few bucks to them. They need it. This is a great way to advance what is being done in the Middle East and the Northeast. I mean, uh, in North Africa, North Africa. So here's how you contact them, www.sat7usa, www.sat7usa.org, and then you put slash kids, and you'll pick up what is being done with kids through Sat7. So it's a great organization. I know these people. I visited their uh, areas of the world where they uh, utilize television. I've seen the effects of it. I recommend it to you. So if you have any interest in that part of the world whatsoever, get a hold of SAT-7. If you have interest in television, get a hold of SAT-7. If you have interest in children, get a hold of SAT-7. If you have interest in the Christian world of Christian radio and television, get a hold of SAT-7. I recommend it to you. This has been the Psychology Report with Dr. Alan Hedberg, and bye for now.